Webster's Dictionary defines compliance as the action or fact of complying with a wish or command. This is the Compliance Guy. The Compliance Guy. As a healthcare provider or healthcare professional, navigating the muddy waters of compliance can get tricky. And that's why we're here. Helping you mitigate risk while increasing your profitability. This is the Compliance Guy. Now, here's your host, Sean Weiss. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Compliance Guy. Today is Monday, the 22nd of May in a great year of 2023. So it's been a while since I've done a daily dose. And, you know, over the last couple of weeks, I've gotten a lot of folks who have reached out and said to me, you know, I'm a billing company or I'm in the revenue cycle uh, department of our uh, medical practice. And we have providers, administrators that are telling us just to waive our copays for patients. Um, don't, you know, send a bill, you know, to the, um, you know, to the patient if they have a balance left over from, you know, what the insurance company paid. Just write it off. And several folks have said, you know, I, I don't think that's right. I think that's a problem. Well, you're correct. Many years ago, and I don't remember the exact year, but many years ago, the Office of Inspector General put out a special fraud alert, right? And it basically addressed why it's illegal for charged-based providers to routinely waive Medicare copayments and deductibles. So remember, that the routine waiver of a copayment by a charged-based provider is unlawful because it results in a potential false claims act, a potential violation of the anti-kickback statute, excessive utilization of items and services that are paid for by Medicare, so you've, you've got to be smart about this stuff. Remember, as a charge-based provider, you're someone who is paid by Medicare on the basis of a reasonable charge for an item or service. Listen, this is under 42 U.S.C. 1395 UB3. You can also find it under 42 Code of Federal Regulations 405.501. Folks, Medicare doesn't pay 100% of everything. Medicare typically pays 80% of the reasonable charge as it's outlined in 42 USC 139511A1. Now, there are some criteria that is used for determining what charges are reasonable and contained in regulations, and they include an examination of the actual charge for the item or service, the customary charge for the item or service, 
the prevailing charge in the same locality for similar items or services. Remember, the Medicare reasonable charge cannot exceed the actual charge for an item or service. And it generally cannot exceed the customary charge or the highest prevailing charge for an item or service. So remember, in certain cases, if you're a provider or even a supplier who routinely waives Medicare copayments or deductibles, you could be you could be held liable under the Medicare and Medicaid anti-kickback statute, right? Look it up. 42 USC 1320A7BB. The statute itself makes it illegal to offer, pay, solicit, or receive anything of value as an inducement to generate business payable by Medicare or Medicaid. Remember as well that when providers or you know suppliers forgive financial obligations for reasons other than genuine financial hardship of that particular patient, they could potentially be unlawfully inducing that patient to purchase items or services from them. I know a lot of folks would look at it at first glance and 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 say that you know, you know, the routine waiver of a copayment, you know, helps Medicare beneficiaries, but it doesn't. Remember, by waiving Medicare copayments, the provider of services may claim that the beneficiary incurs no cost. That's not true, because there's a ton of studies that have been done over the decades that show that if a patient is required to pay even a small portion of their care, they will be better consumers of healthcare. And they will be more selective in the items or services that they have provided for them to ensure that they're medically necessary rather than just simply because they are free. Remember, the Medicare Trust Fund has been close to insolvency for a long time. So if Medicare pays more for an item or service than it should, or if it pays for unnecessary items or services, then there's less Medicare funds available to pay for truly needed services. So I always get asked the question of, you know, what are the penalties, right, for routinely waiving Medicare copayments? Well, it's pretty simple. Under 18 U.S.C. 287 and 1001 and 31 U.S.C. 3729 and 42 C.F.R. 1320A, 7A. Whoever submits a false claim to the Medicare program may be subject to criminal, civil, or administrative liability for making false statements and or submitting false claims to the government. The penalties, they can include imprisonment, criminal fines, civil damages and forfeitures, civil monetary penalties, exclusion from Medicare and the state health care programs. Listen, anyone who routinely waives copayments or deductibles can be criminally prosecuted under 42 U.S.C. 1320A through 7BB. And again, they could be excluded from participating in Medicare and the state health care programs under the anti-kickback statute, which
which again, you can look at 42 USC 1320A through 7B7. And finally, anyone who furnishes items or services to patients substantially in excess of the needs of these patients can be excluded from Medicare and state health care programs under 42 USC 1320A through 7B and 6B. So what are some things that you shouldn't be doing, right? You should never put out an advertisement stating that Medicare accepted this payment in full or insurance accepted this payment in full or no out-of-pocket expenses. That's just not smart. You shouldn't advertise any kind of promotion that, you know, you apply discounts to Medicare beneficiaries. Um, Financial hardships. If you are routinely using a financial hardship form to indicate that a beneficiary is unable to pay just so you could waive their coinsurance to make it easier for them, that's terrible. Don't do that. You know, if you only collect from a Medicare beneficiary their copayment or deductible amounts, if they have like a Medicare supplemental insurance, right, Medigap, that's bad. So, folks, the bottom line comes down to failing to collect copayments or deductibles for a specific group of Medicare patients for reasons that are unrelated to indigency is really not a smart thing. Be careful. Use good judgment. Make sure as part of your corporate compliance program, you have a policy on waiving copays and or deductibles when it's appropriate, when it's not appropriate. How do you make these determinations? I would also list the potential uh, statutes, acts, and laws that I have provided for you in this podcast. If you would like a copy of those, you can always reach out to me on the compliance webpage. There's a place where you can make an inquiry uh, through the online form. Send us your information, ask for the information, and we will provide it for you. All right, so that's going to do it for me today on this Daily Dose. I know it's been a long time since we've done one. I hope you all have enjoyed it. I'll be back tomorrow, the 23rd of May, with my good friend Terry Fletcher doing our Hashtag Terry Tuesday episode. It's going to be interesting to see what she has in store for us. So until then, remember, be good to yourself, but more importantly, y'all be good to each other. Take care. You've been listening to The Compliance Guy. Sean has been doing this for 28 years. He holds 10 national board certifications. He's a partner and the vice president of compliance for Doctors Management, LLC. He's a subject matter expert in federal court. He's lectured at the most prestigious institutions. He's engaged with members of Congress in both chambers. So what we're saying is he's qualified? We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, you can find us on social media at The Compliance Guy. See you next time on The Compliance Guy.